Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Hangouts and Headlines, October 7th, 2022, which, if you're keeping track at home, is a Friday, which means it's casual Friday. We're going to be hanging out a lot. We're going to be chatting about various things. I've got a relatively silly version of what's an important story uh, from CNN to go over. We're also going to be talking about the pardons uh, that the Biden administration put forth the United States uh, for cannabis possession uh, yesterday, which is pretty interesting as well. Uh, otherwise, we're going to talk about whatever anybody wants. Where are you all hanging out from? What is on your mind? How are you feeling this Friday? Are you ready for the weekend? If you've already gotten through Friday, please tell me it's a good one. Need it to be a good one. It's been a it's been a week here at the Hogue House, uh, and I would love for it to be a good Friday. Uh, so let me know that as well. I did see Ian Runkle lurking in the chat. He knows he has a link if he wants one. Um, but thank you for dropping in, Ian. Thank you for dropping in, everybody, uh, for coming in this morning and just hanging out, all of us, already more than 100 people at 7.30 in the morning in the Eastern time zone, which is awesome. Um, hello from Montana, says Midnight Dreary, which I still love as a name. It's a cool profile picture as well. Good afternoon from Copenhagen, Denmark. I hopefully don't butcher your name as a city too much. Good morning or good afternoon, Marie-Louise. Absolutely. Morning, says Amanda. Hope you feel better soon, Ian. Uh, Ian's not feeling good this morning. Sorry about that, Ian. Well, relax. We're going to talk about some fun stuff. Put a voice in your ear. Maybe you can get some rest uh, doing that. Uh, Shireen asks if you've tried any Amica cream. I don't, I don't think he has. I don't want to speak for him. Probably not. Good morning from Wisconsin, says Rachel. Good morning, Wisconsin. Uh, happy days, Midwestern fellows. Uh, let's see. Hogue, I need to know what is on, uh, what is the picture on the wall behind you? Oh, sure. Absolutely. I think I can, I, think I can pull this up. So, um, if you look at our store, which I think I can bring up, uh, you will see, you will see this little guy. Um, and this is the, uh, this is the gaming dino. That was, uh, that was, oh, Ian, if you're not feeling well, you don't have to join us, buddy. Oh, I just, my back is killing me. So I'm uh, not, uh, not asleep. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Well, you can, you can sit back, right? You fall asleep on stream. That's fine too. It's casual Friday <laughs> here. We can make it as casual as possible. Uh, somebody was just asking what's on the, the wall behind me. Uh, and it's, uh, it's my daughter's gaming dino, uh, which has become the most popular product in our store. <laughs> now the store ostensibly, you know, about the channel and about these fun things. A lot of cool stuff in here, but the gaming dino people are really enjoying. So uh, that is what is on the wall behind me right now. We actually put it up uh, last Sunday because the BitCast, where I talk even more robustly about video games, if you can believe it, folks, um, <laughs> was essentially wearing all their gaming dino stuff, uh, including Ty Guy Travis, who's the IGN reviewer, who we had a custom gaming dino tie made for. Uh, so I don't actually oh, have cool. any gaming dino uh, clothing. So we put them on the wall behind us um, and my daughter really loves it. So uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll swap some stuff in there. Maybe we'll take it down. Who knows? Uh, it's just been that kind of week. How, how are you doing other than not being able to sleep at all, Ian? Oh, other than that, uh, you know, life is chaos, but uh, just kind of roll with things as they... Uh, as they come. Yeah. Um, life is chaos is a good, is a, it's a good statement. It's been that kind of week, I think for everybody. Um, 
Kate R says that's awesome. Gaming Dino is awesome. I didn't have anything to do with it, really. Um, my daughter made it. My wife put it in the store. People bought it. But it's still awesome. And it's awesome to have your kids do things that are cool. Um, that's uh, that's one of the fun parts about having kids. Because uh, there's, there's a bunch of non-fun parts. But there's a bunch of fun parts, too. <laughs> uh, let's see here. What, uh, what else we got here? Other people. Good afternoon from Denmark. That's a fun one. Um, never been to Denmark. Never been to Copenhagen. You've been closest to any of these places again? Closest I've been was Oslo. Okay. So, all yeah. right. Let's see if we can get some Norways in here. It's always fun. <laughs> well, we got an Ohio. That's like Norway. <laughs> Little morning uh... from Ohio. I'm very sleepy. Yawn. Yeah. Well, look, it's Casual Friday. We're not gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna use our casual voices we're, we're just having fun today we are we are relaxing into the weekend we're having a good morning time here we're not going to cover anything super serious uh like i said one of the reasons i picked out the cnn article uh was when it was flagged for me i love it when you guys do that that's really awesome uh but also uh that it's cnn kind of it's in a fact format or a question format to itself uh, which I'm always amused by uh, because uh, that's that's kind of a ridiculous way to report on things. <laughs> oh, Papa Ho, good morning, Dad. Gaming Dino is simply the coolest. Great job, granddaughter. Why would you ever want cameras in an appellate court? Uh, transparency, Dad? Being able to see the mechanisms of government before they squash you under their weighty boots? <laughs> it's kind of interesting because the only courts that are televised in Canada is the Supreme Court. Is that right? It's like the reverse. Yeah. It is the reverse. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about the, 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 the feds here being at least a little bit disingenuous. Um, that's one of the things that the CNN format does is kind of calls out Justice Roberts for his 17 different quotes on the matter. Um, and <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, and, and so we'll talk about that. But um, yeah, CNN, obviously self-interested. Uh, Papa Hogue, um, you know, uh, I, I guess I'm also biased in some respects, which is that uh, we report on those things here. We talk about them. It's easier to do with some kind of visual element. I don't even use clips, but I think it would be useful for people to actually see some of this in action. I think the audio streaming is kind of as far as the Supreme Court is willing to go right now. Um, and it's not bad, uh, but it's not it's not quite the same experience. And in general, Dad, I think that more people knowing how these things work and what people are looking like and what when they're asking questions and not is good. Now, there are arguments against that. We'll get to those. They are posed primarily by Justice Roberts in the CNN piece. Um, so and we will. But we, good morning. Yeah, we probably don't need the video from that toilet flushing incident. Was there a toilet flushing incident in the Supreme Court? I missed this. Yeah, I think so. I'm just looking that up as to. Uh... Yeah, In there's like... a. Uh... I'm just going to try to send you a link here because. Um... Yeah, there was a toilet flush midway through uh, U.S. Supreme Court argument. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, and it was probably one of the justices. Now, it couldn't be a justice, could it? They wouldn't leave the, the, the bench during oral arguments, would they? This was by like video link, so or oh, so it was teleconference. Uh, uh, yeah, so you know sometimes we throw our logos up, people. I mean, it just is what it is. You need a research break. 
Yeah. Uh, no, that's that is that's that's funny. Uh, no, I, I can't imagine that video for that type of thing would be useful. But I do think it would be useful to you know be able to look at these folks and uh, see exactly why it is that they're saying what they're saying, rather than just radio play style. Um, I these are big decisions. These are big decisions, Dad. See what what listen to toilet flush as Supreme Court holds oral arguments by teleconference. You know, that that headline from NBC News does what it says on the 10 there. Yeah, it's... <laughs> as the Supreme Court held oral arguments by telephone over a case involving robocalls, a toilet was heard flushing in the background on an unmuted line. So that could be anybody that has, like, governance authority over the line. Um, yeah. May 6, 2020. Oh, right... Right at this, right at the top of the pandemic, when when yeah. people who weren't used to uh, Zoom calls and whatnot were getting used to Zoom calls rapidly. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, that's that's good stuff, Ian. <laughs> I just stuff. like, you know, that might have been a problem for if they were televising that. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're doing their best judging uh, while while they're on the toilet. I have, I, you know, I, I can't I can't speak to the justices, uh, you know, techniques here. Uh, sometimes when I read one of their opinions, I feel like it's right from the toilet. So, <laughs> you know, we got that going for us. Um, if CNN wants it, that just means they want to use it for propaganda. <laughs> we'll see how CNN frames it. Um, you know, I think a lot of media outlets could be accused of propagandizing whatever their position is. I don't know that we need to leave that solely at the feet of CNN. Um, and like I said, or like my dad pointed out, you know, with us talking about these things, it is useful to us. We are, we are lawyers that talk about things through a visual medium. Um, but I yep. do genuinely think it's useful for people to see how the, the nine robed unelected individuals come to their conclusions here in the United States. Well, and the other thing is I went to the Supreme Court here in Canada and before I did, I will tell you, I watched a ton of other people arguing at the Supreme Court and that was super useful because then you can get an idea for, you know, what's this going to be like? You know, what, what can I expect? Yeah. And you don't get that from just reading decisions. So no, you don't, you don't. And, and I think the primary argument against it, you see it in something like law of improbabilities. Uh, post here. Uh, SCOTUS may pick cases, but reporters drive public scrutiny, do so with more superficiality than is wise. Cameras add that superficiality. You get this notion that uh, it becomes a little bit more of a Hollywood performance, uh, and these people are picking things out. I think you can have justifiable concerns about things like Senate hearings and House speeches all being to, you know, very limited purpose other than to speak to the public. Uh, because of cameras in, in certain instances. And I, I mean, I, I think that is a fair commentary from folks. I'm, I'm just not sure how wise it is anymore to really keep the Supreme Court cloaked in darkness on this stuff. It's just my opinion. Yeah. We'll see what CNN has to say. Um, as it turns out, in Canada, that's all they show you is the Supreme Court, according to Ian. So that's interesting. There was one, I mean, they have discretion to allow televising, but um, they okay. just never do. So there was one case, and that was the Travis Vader case, which was a really big case. Uh, and the justice on that decided to allow for televised hearings. And then also made a pretty serious error of law. 
and he convicted on murder via a path to that conviction that was eliminated. So it was not a valid way of convicting on that anymore. Okay. So that was a big deal because everyone who was watching that went, wait, did he just, and yeah. So nobody else has followed in that justice's footsteps because it didn't really work out for that justice. And that's kind of unfortunate. There is, I guess, a certain amount of exposure risk there, but I think that's exposure risk. The people that aren't in the judge's robes should want. <laughs> we yeah, should I want mean, them exposed to that. And ultimately, they did correct the error. He basically said, okay, I can't convict on, you know, through this path. So, you know, following that, it'll be another, you know, step, step down, basically. But we can still convict based on what the findings were. Mm -hmm. So, oh, yes, the lawyer cat. Did you see, is this the original lawyer cat or is there also the follow-up lawyer cat? I believe this is the original lawyer cat. I just tried to pull up an article when I saw this comment from that, Sarah. This is the New York Times covering the I am not a cat lawyer. If you guys haven't seen this video, we don't use clips here for the most part. But uh, if you haven't seen this video, you really have to enjoy it because the, this is, I can't remember, it's some kind of early hearing. Um, and these are the lawyers for the various parties. And then this person has a cat filter stuck on. <laughs> and the commentary that this lawyer makes is that I'm not a cat. <laughs> and it's it's like well okay i guess from an ethical perspective there is something like you're presenting yourself in a <laughs> in a not uh, not realistic fashion but uh it was it's it's so it's so awesome i think there's not a cat uh merchandise uh from this particular <laughs> event that was uh that was a lot of fun but you're absolutely right that sarah see cameras bringing joy into people's lives supreme court why are you against joy I swear to God, if a justice showed up on a Zoom call as a cat that couldn't turn it off, I think that would be the best. We might have impeachment hearings right afterwards, but it would be the best. <laughs> I'm uh, just figuring that, you know, hackers, if you're out there, uh, make sure to go out there and, like, edit the Supreme Court's face to be cats. Heck, man, you could just take a video camera footage of it with, like, an Instagram filter and just start throwing on various things on the justices' faces. That, that, that would be an entire <laughs> line of, of video making. It's transformative, Your Honor. <laughs> uh, let's see here. We got other people commenting on the actual story today, which is a little bit unusual for Casual Friday. So that's awesome. We got folks kind of arguing the point on uh, videos or not. Jennifer Edwards says, Lawyer Cat was hilarious. I believe it was a child that had caused it. That's what he claimed. He said essentially that, that, that uh, his family members had been using his filters and he couldn't turn them off. I think he was in a furry chat room. <laughs> Uh, my my question is, is you get feedback as to what you're putting out there in Zoom. Like at some point you just decided it was better to go out with the cat face than to be late. <laughs> I mean, some judges really punish lateness. So, I mean, there might be a point where you're just like, you know what? We got to I got to hit the button and explain myself. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, that's That's great. Oh, yeah. Go watch the clip. Go watch the clip, Chris. It's a wonderful clip. It's the timing is perfect. It's it's a it's a piece of internet history that is uh, <laughs> that is awesome. So one day historians will be studying that. Yes, yes. They'll say, look at look at all the joy that the pandemic brought <laughs> to, to, to lawyers and people in the United States and elsewhere. Um, but uh, okay. like we have lawyers and people as separate categories. I always do. People always comment on that. Yeah, it's lawyers and people. 
lawyers and people. I think it's important to, to note uh, that lawyers should be treated differently uh, and not necessarily in a positive way. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Katie says, Hogue, since I am still in my cast until Monday, I decided to decorate it. See profile picture here. Oh, look, it's a it's a law nerd cast. That is, is it, cool. And is it purple? That's awesome. It's like an EDB cast. That's sweet. That's, that is really Fantastic, awesome. Katie. I'm sorry you have to keep your cast on longer, but that's a sweet decoration. Um, Make sure to send that to Emily. I bet she'd love that. Oh, yeah. Emily would definitely get a kick out of it. Um, yeah. All right. Let's see. We got it. We just got a super chat here. Just checking through various things this morning as I try to wake up myself a little bit. Hey, guys. <laughs> we in the chat would like to know how long the Lawyers and Dragon midseason break will be. I, that would be telling, wouldn't it? Uh, will the campaign continue or will there be a new campaign? No, it's mid-season. We would call it a season finale if the campaign were not to continue. I can give that away. Um, it is not intended to be a very long break. So, And I think we've got an interlude planned. So what? We have surprises, Ian? <laughs> this can't be. I'm not going to give away too many details about what it is, but um, yeah, there, there will be something. So there'll be something for the Saturday mornings to, uh, you know, keep people's interest and just something uh we got something planned i don't want to give it away yeah so this will be what this will be episode eight um i would i would say mid-season is an appropriate title for what we're looking at um but we're gonna have um big stuff happen on saturday if you guys uh, don't know and i don't have a placeholder up yet and that's my fault because it's been that kind of week for me uh but the we will be going live with lawyers and dragons tomorrow at 10 a.m uh, for what I am told by our game master, devilish as he may be, is a very big episode. So have no idea what will happen. More meteor strikes, interdimensional shenanigans. The entire cast is saved by the bell joins the party. I have no idea. Um, so we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Uh, but I'm told that it's one that is not to be missed. So if you like Lures and Dragons, please do check that out. Uh, but yes, uh, campaign will continue. And uh, it is a mid-season, not-season finale. Uh, so thank you for the question. That is awesome. And thank you for the support of the channel. Uh, and yeah, uh, we've uh, we've got some surprises, particularly Ian, um, for what that break period might be. Uh, let's see here. Uh, just more conversations about the nature of the Supreme Court. This is great. I, I tell you what's really fun um, in terms of having a community and having conversations and having live streaming events and things like this is to actually see see folks in the chat, like discussing the subject matter and, and being respectful and reasonable to each other. Uh, I, this is, uh, you're just making me happy people. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, truffle hound also wants to mention that the L and D hats are very comfy. Thanks. Go council. I can't even tell you how many samples and things were purchased to try to make sure quality was high, uh, on everything that goes into the store. And that is all co council. So I will relay those. Thanks. Uh, because she's on the road right this second, I believe she might not be, she might be listening and right now and will yell at me in the chat. I, I really appreciate that too. Cause I, when I was sort of dabbling with merch stuff, um, so many places you I'd order a sample and I'd get it and I'd be like, right, this is garbage. Yes. And, I think I've heard that uh, from co-counsel. I, I sold some glasses at one point because, um, so one of the, one of the courts here in Canada basically set out a rule that if you're at home and you're in court, you're required to drink only water and it has to be in a clear container so that they can see that it's water. Now, the rules for why you can't drink coffee in court are basically because um, 
because they don't want you spilling coffee in the courtroom. It's a pain to clean up. So that's right. why they allow you to only drink water in the courtroom. But when they start insisting on that at home, it's like you guys have lost the why the rule about water was there. Because if I spill coffee in my own house, the court does problem. not want somebody to clean it, right? Yeah, that's an Ian problem, not a courthouse cleaning staff problem. So it's like, okay, really? Is this something? But no, so I had these glasses printed with probably water, maybe vodka. <laughs> just because I thought it'd be really funny to drink You're from one of those. You're just a snarky guy, Ian. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> especially because you know they're like you know oh wait i've actually got one and you can see the the sort of failure of this so you can see how the like it's flaking off and so forth yeah. but yeah probably water baby vodka i thought that was funny um but so i immediately went and after i sort of put those up for sale and i ordered one for myself and when I got it, I basically was like, everybody who ordered one of these things, I will refund you if you want. Yeah. And nobody took me up on it, but much as I was like, you should totally take me up on this. I feel bad for everyone who bought one of these. It's really hard. It, it is really hard. I have a great deal of respect for logistics people across many industries of, you know, going through. And it's not just like, oh, you know, does the logo look right or things like that? That's the stuff that I anticipated. It's like, does your hat suck? Uh, yeah. Does your, does your zip up hoodie have a like effectively broken zipper as designed? Um, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and uh, co-counsel was just now we, we, we spent a small fortune in just samples, uh, but we got to a place where we were happy with what was in the store. Uh, and cool. uh, I think that's a necessary step. Um, and this is part of the reason why like that store didn't get updated while I was the one in charge. <laughs> You, and, you need, it takes it took a long time yeah that's the other thing is all of those places charge you for the samples too which is ridiculous you know it's like okay i'm gonna be selling however many shirts but uh you know we're gonna charge you for the sample shirt because we got to get that and then you order it and it's like oh this is complete yep yeah <laughs> so There's frustrating there's a there's a uh, slightly con gamey money to be made by having an awful distribution house that sells samples at slightly above cost <laughs> and, and just looks like the one that you need to try out for everybody that's opening whatever at using whatever platform. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. And we're you know, we're doing that still because we're doing we're doing updates. It's like a real store now. Um, so every once in a while, we'll just get boxes of things. And uh, my wife will be like, crap crap Ooh, this is soft uh and, and uh <laughs> that kind of thing and it's it's awesome she's she's great uh truffle hound says i will need an lnd beanie to take up the mountain i cannot make any promises i will tell you that update sample systems are happening right now truffle hound i can promise you that and we will have an update to the store on saturday which is tomorrow which is very soon <laughs> So I think we'll have an update to the store to go, um, which we'll we'll probably show off uh, during Lawyers and Dragons at the top of it. Um, I would guess it's Lawyers and Dragons. She was, she was asking like, what sort of things would you want as merch? You know, and, and uh, <laughs> you know, give us your best ideas. And I was like, you know, some of my best ideas on this are really not a good idea. <laughs> like, hey, a rifle bag would be great. It's like, all right, maybe, maybe that's all probably right. not going to show up as uh, as merch. 
uh, you know what? If we could source it, we'd at least take a look for you, Ian. I'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, uh, we have sold one of these. And guess who that went? It was one to some <laughs> guy in Canada. <laughs> uh, yes, beanies. We've heard beanies. We've heard you. <clears throat> we've heard you loud and clear on beanies. We are looking at beanies. Having never worn a beanie myself, I don't believe um, it was not the first thing I thought of to add to the store. So, but we, this is why we listen. Like, propeller <clears throat> beanies, or no? I, I maybe I'm wrong on this. I'm not a fashion guy. I, I think those are like the winter hats with like the palms. Um, oh, okay. Um, we'd call those a two cure. Hmm. Okay, so. Um, that's what I think it is. People can jump in the chat and be like, Rick, you moron. <laughs> um, but I have, I have heard the word beanies. Uh, we've got requests for different, uh, uh, size shirts. We're, we're looking at everything. I promise. I promise. Um, the, uh, the store has been successful primarily due to the efforts of people that are not me. Um, and so I cannot make promises for them, <laughs> but I promise you we're looking at everything else. Tanya Fox says a beanie is a, a tooth. Took. Okay, good stuff. All right. Um, because yeah, <laughs> here you can be a different kind of hat entirely. You want a ski I mask? Think, <laughs> I think a ski mask is a bad idea because eventually then you get a lawyers and dragons bank robbery. <laughs> and uh, it's like, oh great, we're getting news coverage for all the wrong reasons. Uh palm or no palm. I again I can't give away too many secrets here because we don't know exactly what's gonna suck or not. Like that was how we got to this conversation point. Uh, but we are looking at both. I will say that. Uh so uh yeah, I'm gonna get in trouble if I say more. This is funny. Um I have to keep <laughs> confidential this information from uh from you that uh co-counsel shares as we as we set these stuff up. I'll get better at this, I promise. <laughs> now they're fighting about palms. Uh chat. All right, let's let's talk about some stories here. Like I said, they're kind of fun ones. They're unusual at bare minimum. Um, so I still have my I'm not a cat up. So we'll, we'll bring that back up because it's just it's awesome to see every time. Um, it's gonna be a war between the palm people and the non-palm people. Oh yeah, it's gonna it's it's gonna be like uh, starbellied sneeches in there in the chat. <laughs> what, what is? I don't. Uh, Brett, before we get into the subject, fair enough, Brett. <laughs> uh, uh, into the subject, I'm always on the side of transparent transparency in a see-through box with 100% transparent wrapping paper. <laughs> so I, I imagine I know how you're going to come out on this particular topic, uh, Britt, uh, but at, I, I absolutely, I tend to lean towards transparency myself. Um, and we'll see we'll see some of the countervailing considerations, as we might say, and when we're being fancy. Um, I do want to mention this. First of all, if you didn't see this, uh, we're just, it's CNN Politics Day on the uh, uh, Hoglaw YouTube channel. Uh, Biden did pardon all federal offenses of simple marijuana possession and first major steps towards decriminalization. I don't know if that's actually true as part of the headline, uh, but he did do this. He did have a blanket pardon, which is a little bit unusual um, for everyone that is uh, that has been convicted of a mere possession charge of marijuana under federal law, which is very so like 12 people. Well, it's very specific. <laughs> I do prefer my elected officials to stay within their authority. Um, so that's good. One of the things you did see yesterday yeah. if you were covering this story is you saw Bad Legal Takes, which is an amazing Twitter account uh, to follow that just highlights people's um, misunderstandings of things. And one of the major Bad Legal Takes was uh, Joe Biden shouldn't have limited it to federal law offenses. He should have uh, pardoned everybody in every state. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Civics class has failed us. 
Um, so we're going to talk about this just a little bit briefly. Here's the Constitution of the United States, not the literal one. This is an Internet website, folks. Uh, but here's the Constitution, Article 2, Section 2. And we're not going to read it all. But the president has the power to grant reprieves and pardons for offenses against the United States. Um, that's very specific in the way the United States government is structured. We've got the federal government, which is the United States in this particular kind of locution. And then we have those states themselves underneath it. Um, the president can pardon federal offenses. He cannot pardon state offenses. Uh, that is a gubernatorial type power usually. And some states don't grant a clemency or pardon power to their governors, period. So mm -hmm. what the Biden administration did here was proper. Now, they might have stepped one step less far uh, than you might like if you're in, in favor of kind of decriminalization of cannabis on this, which is that they pardon everybody that has this kind of charge at the federal level, which, as you suggest, Ian, is, is not the major impetus behind what would be drug charges in the United States. Those tend to be state um, uh, offenses. Uh, and then said to his AG, um, go look at whether or not we should reschedule marijuana. Now, for the most part, everybody that has looked at the Controlled Substances Act and looked at the qualities of cannabis as said, it's probably not, it probably never should have been a schedule one drug, even from the definitions that are in that. Uh, but even though the AG and the FDA and the people that are kind of invested in controlled substances uh, and the powers that go along with that scheduling, even though those are under the executive branch, uh, the Biden administration took kind of a conservative, not politically conservative step in terms of saying, oh, right, go do a study on this. I don't know what other evidence uh, they'd be looking for for uh, cannabis should not be Schedule 1, uh, but that's what happened yesterday, and that is that is a big deal. Yes, it's notably one month before midterm elections. I'm not going to get into the politics and policy of any of this, uh, but it is a big deal because it does suggest a certain federal softness um, towards cannabis policy that has always, at least since the states started legalizing cannabis, been a confusing thing for citizens um, and a problem for businesses, honestly. And, I've talked about it a little they, bit. Yeah. Can't they go back to like the original origins of the ban, which was basically racism? Well, they could. And, and one of the reasons why it was banned in the first place in the States. So this, this article from CNN is actually pretty interesting because they do have um, you know, Biden's focus is actually that kind of racism angle on just the possession. <clears throat> he says, while white and black and brown people use marijuana at similar rates, black and brown people are arrested, prosecuted and convicted at disproportionate rates. And, and we've talked at least a little bit about police interactions here and them just happening more um, with specific communities and creating problems because essentially <clears throat> point of contact with police is a pretty good proxy for charges and problems with police. Um, and so that that point of contact issue is, is one of those. Uh, but Biden apparently had to be kind of convinced here. According to CNN, uh, the president and a small circle of White House aides had been wrangling for weeks over the changes, which amounted to there's not details, really. It's a blanket pardon complicated both by Biden's own personal skepticism about decriminalization and not wanting to dictate changes to the Justice Department, which would be a first for any unitary executive in the yeah. last 20, 20 years. But fine. <laughs> I was like, um, that's new. Well, I, you know, this is uh, 
dictating changes to things that are otherwise in the executive branch. Uh, that's been the purview of both parties for a long time. Uh, Biden's own view on marijuana is a product of both his age and the years he spent as the chairman of the Judiciary Committee in the Senate working on crime bills. During the 2020 campaign, aides argued that he was waiting for new studies to come out that would inform a shift in his position. But even without any such studies, Biden was eventually moved by arguments about the lack of fairness and justice, particularly along those racial lines. Uh, White House right. aides were also watching the calendar with the midterms in mind. It's, it's a good. I mean, it's good. That's speaking, true. It's true. Speaking of his age, I would like to congratulate Biden on turning 137. Uh, but yeah, it's um, going to get me in trouble. You. <laughs> That's not a political thing. It's just, you know, this is kind of a, an interesting aspect about how our elected officials tend to be much older than the average. And, you know, you end up with these massive gen or massive age divides on things like Internet policy. And, you know, because you've got people who are like, well, I don't know what the Internet is, but I know I don't like it. And yeah. so let's get some rules. Um, and... I mean, quite frankly, here in Canada, we have legalized marijuana. I could yeah. quite literally go and grab some from I have some and smoke it on stream, and that would be fine because YouTube's policy on that is you can you can't use anything that is illegal where you are. I was actually so, wondering. I was wondering that because as soon as you said that, I was like, I don't know what YouTube thinks about that. YouTube because... says it's got to be legal where you are. So. Does YouTube um, actually separate? I know it's an American company. Um, I mean, one of the issues uh, that I was I was going into here is that the, it's been illegal federally. It still is. You know, the pardons don't change the law. Um, it, it is illegal federally. It's legal, let's say, in Michigan, right? If we look at this as a federal system. We've got two sovereigns. Michigan has legalized cannabis. You can go to a dispensary, particularly in an arbor, uh, and, and get whatever you want. But that is technically federally illegal. That's one of the reasons why in America you have so much difficulty because the banks can't do anything outside of the regulations which prohibit things that are federally illegal. And so you have to figure out ways to fund these things in unusual fashions. Um, so I wonder if, if YouTube, does YouTube allow it at all in the United States because it is federally illegal? They, uh, From what I understand, they will if your state allows it. But yeah, okay. Um, don't trust me on YouTube's policies because I don't, don't trust even anyone. Have... Don't trust YouTube on YouTube's policies. folks. Yeah. <laughs> so, but like quite literally I can walk down to the store here and you know, I I'm like two blocks away from a, uh, from a cannabis store in two different directions. So um, the other thing is that it does also cause problems for Canadian businesses because we've got some places that are like, you know, here it's legal. You've got entirely legal businesses, but you get people who then want to travel to the States. And it's like, well, what do you do for a living? I own a cannabis store. And it's like, and now you're permanently inadmissible to the U.S. Because your business is, you know, trading in a... Because the U.S. likes to sort of run that outside of the uh, their jurisdiction as well. And the U.S. likes to do that in general. And they'll also ban people for being like addicted to a substance if you admit to using marijuana more than once at the border. So um, it's like, well, this is just nuts. Um, Be careful with your border disclosures, folks. Yeah, not legal advice. And, 
<laughs> well, plenty of people in Canada who got convictions for uh, simple possession of marijuana and then were quite surprised to find out that they were inadmissible to travel to the States. And it's like, well, I had one joint and it's not a big deal. I didn't even get jail time. It's like, well, too bad. Well, sometimes we're pretty good at puritanicalism. You know, it is it is part of what, what, what brought us into being here in the U.S. Uh, so, uh, no, I think it, it's weird in the U.S. because, uh, you know, they, they have the permissions, but they're regulated. You have to go get approved. They have licenses. So, like, it, I see people in the chat asking, you know, what can you do in, in, in Michigan and, like, your backyard and things? And the answer is, one, it's complicated. Uh, two is that probably you need to be official in most regards with respect to Michigan. Three, it's difficult to be official at the size that you need to be in to do these things in Michigan because funding sources have to be basically friends and family and angels and things like that. Uh, and it, it, it goes from there. But the interesting thing about all that is essentially – You've got the federal sovereign mostly just kind of turning a blind eye as the policy towards the states that have legalized it. But that's never a blind eye. That's a promise. Right. It's yeah. still illegal from the federal level. And if they want to drop that sort of Damocles, they have in the past in places like Oregon. Um, and just because it is illegal at that federal level. So like treating it as not illegal can be problematic, especially when you're in the legal profession. And, you know, clients are asking you questions. It's like, well, it's still, it's still illegal. You have to, like, be aware of that. Um, and moving towards some kind of certainty of action uh, across state lines and in the whole country, I think, would be a good thing. Either well, direction, really. But, you know, I, I tend to advocate for a little bit less involvement in this from the, from the feds. The other thing is, like, typically the recommendation, because in Canada, you can even fly with, with cannabis. Um, and I've done it. Um, but the recommendation is basically make sure you keep it in your carry-on because what sometimes happens is like, let's say I'm flying to Toronto. Yeah. Well, say there's storms that flight may end up landing in the States. They check it to Detroit. Uh Oh, <laughs> and then what they'll do is they'll go. And if they find it in your baggage, they will charge you with drug trafficking and you're in a world of crap. So I have heard of things like, um, uh, one, one person, uh, told me about a flight they had that was diverted into the States. And they basically said, if you have cannabis products with you in the plane right now, um, the bathroom is open and you should start flushing. And so basically there was a line of people flushing their stuff in the, uh, in the airplane toilet so that they wouldn't get, uh, you know, permanently banned from entry and possibly arrested and so forth. Yeah, so it's, it's a weird relationship specifically with marijuana um, here in the U S we have some fun comments here. Hogue, you should see where I live in Michigan. If you think a two has a lot of dispensaries, well, a lot of it is always relative, right? I can tell you there's basically nothing in Northville. Um, so, you know, we're about 20 minutes outside of Ann Arbor Ann Arbor is well covered for those of you that don't know. Ann Arbor is where the university of Michigan is university towns, pretty good at getting those dispensaries up and running pretty fast. Um, you've got other people talking about things like Russia. Of course, we, you know, we, we've, we've seen, uh, Russia taking hardline stances, uh, on, on moving drugs into and across their borders. Um, as an American, if you have a DUI, it is almost impossible to get into Canada without paying tons of money. Yep. Canada, the Canadian border is pretty strict on, on impaireds. Okay. Uh, That's interesting. 
and a bunch of other stuff. Canada is actually really strict on criminal offenses, so it can be a big, uh, you know, big issue there. Uh, Ningal, nineteen ninety four. Weed saved me during my five years, uh, five year old's pregnancy. Uh, HG wasn't responding to any legal meds for me. I lost over fifty pounds in three weeks before trying weed. Wow. I assume that's when they were pregnant with the five year old. Yes. No, no. Yes. <laughs> to be clear, YouTube reviewers, this is pregnant with the five, the current five year old. I I did a double take at that one. <laughs> that's that's you're killing me. <laughs> we're not that casual <laughs> every it's week like, i yell we're not that casual uh it's good stuff um uh, they, they're talking about duis a little bit more here's april in amsterdam let's get ian's face unblocked uh hi from holland i was wondering under the federal pardon imprisoned people would get their sentence reduced if the possession charge was used against them when calculating their sentence my guess is no, but it's a comp it's a more complicated question than I have a great answer for. And and part of that comes from the fact that in United States rules, you can uh, you can essentially use other indicia of problems as according to the judge or whatever to increase the sentencing and it doesn't actually have to be a convicted anything, um, which yeah. is something you can argue about. I was reading about that where it's like you can be charged with six things, acquitted of five of them by the jury. And then the judge is like, but I'm still going to sentence you on those other five because um, they're aggravating. They're used, yeah, they're, they're used as aggravating circumstances to the one that you were convicted of. I personally think it's ridiculous, <laughs> but but that that is one of the things that can happen is you don't need to be convicted of something to have that used against you. Uh, in looking at the sentencing guidelines and what they're going to what they're going to actually put you in jail for, so yeah, in Canada that would be real improper. I think it's real improper here, but I'm not in charge, Ian. <laughs> yeah, I mean maybe you should be. Can we make that happen somehow? No, no, no. I'm not running I, that. That nope. I'm not running for anything at all. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so that would be the question, right? If you were convicted of uh, one thing and also convicted of possession. And the possession comes off the books. I doubt, I doubt that the federal system is going to go through and start changing, start changing your your conviction. I suspect right. it's only if you're just doing jail sentence, a jail sentence on just the possession of marijuana that you'd be got a break there. But um, yeah, and at a federal level, I just don't, I, I don't think we're talking about a lot of people. I'll be interested to see if you know one of these news articles actually comes up with even an approximated number. Um, but in general. We're, we're looking at uh, we're looking at for possession only. You're looking at state level crimes, right? The DEA yeah. and the feds are getting involved when they think they got a cartel or a distribution network or things like that. Um, so I, I suspect this is a little bit more optics than useful, but I think it's still good optics for trying to unify uh, the, the American uh, legal illegal concept here, because I've had so many conversations with people that just don't even realize it's still federally illegal and it doesn't matter what Michigan or Oregon or whoever does. Um, if the feds decided that they wanted to have a DEA raid, they can have a DEA raid. Um, and so, I mean, I think that's that's part of what confuses people. I don't think that's really fair to them. And a Runkletarian government would have just said federally legal. Also <laughs> no. the part. Runkletarian. I, I'm all right. I'm looking forward to seeing your platform and, and website. Runkletarians, tell me more. 
Brunkletarianism, one of the principles is basically uh, to teach people that they should have had better politics than the situations that led them to Runkletarianism. So it's basically, don't do this again. It's an education platform. <laughs> if you've gotten here, then... Uh, <laughs> Iron-fisted libertarianism. Oh, okay. All right. Freedom or else. All right. <laughs> free. yeah. We're going to force you to be free. Live free or else. <laughs> Travelhound, dear chat, please don't get on a plane to Australia with weed or vegetables. Or small Yorkshire Terriers. I got that reference, Captain America. <laughs> Only bad things will happen. Thank you, Truffle Hound, for keeping us safe on the Australian borders. Uh, I will keep that in mind when I go on my kangaroo and koala visit. Someday. Someday. I'll need guides to take me around Australia. Um, see here, they just legalized for recreational use in Rhode Island. I'm actually taking a continuing legal education class about the topic in November. Good. Good for you, Jess. Uh, yeah. Right. Every state has their own like little rules and divots and, and things like that. So definitely check that out in Rhode Island. Report back. I, I'd be interested in various states doing all sorts of different stuff. Uh, Texas doesn't even have medical MJ. It's, it's different in every state at this point. Uh, what else? What else we got here? We got people espousing the virtues of cannabis, which is fine. I, I have a bad back. I find it helpful for my back. And... Um, I try to avoid opiates because I have seen sure. way too many of my clients. Um, there's like this big trend of guy, you know, often like a blue collar worker gets injured at work and then gets prescribed opiates, gets addicted to the opiates and it just destroys their life because eventually they get cut off on the opiates and they're still addicted. And then they're out buying them on the street. They get busted for that. They lose their job. Sure. They, and just it completely and almost entirely the spiral is because of the legalities of it, uh, because they get charged, because they can't buy it because of all of this. Um, but I'm terrified of that because I've seen it so many times. So I'm much happier with, you know, the uh, cannabis use for that. And it allows me to avoid a lot of that, notwithstanding the fact that my back is awful. Um it, it was funny at one point when I moved out here, I switched doctors. And so he had, he looked at my x-rays and he was like, you work? I'm <laughs> like, yeah, I work. And he's like, normally with a, a spine like this, we're talking about people who are on disability. And I was like, well, but I like doing things. I like sort of what I'm up to. So yeah. Every time um, you talk about it, Ian, I feel bad for you, man. That sucks. It is what it is, and it's not going to get any better. So it's just kind of like uh, you. Well, I'm glad you found something that works for you. And that, that's part of the story here, right? So we talked about Biden being reluctant here. We talk about him handing over whatever this is. Sounds I, it, it has that typical kind of federal bureaucracy. Of, We're going to put it on a task force. Senior administration officials declined to say how quickly the review might be completed. Always good to not have deadlines. That that always I'm moves the process. It's going to be right after the midterms, and then they're just going to let this die after they've sort of got people's hopes up. They're just going to quietly shelve this, and then <laughs> they'll probably revive it again after, like, for the next presidential election. Yes, we're just we're, we're working on it. You just hit them. You hit those milestones. You, you I think your cynicism is probably warranted on this, um, and the reason that it probably should never be schedule one 
uh, is schedule one under the, if you don't know this from the controlled substances act, I, I, I know too much about this. Uh, schedule one is the most highly restricted level of drugs and it has to have no currently accepted medical use and a high potential for abuse. And, and most people that look at cannabis say, uh, no, that's what, <laughs> why is it schedule one? And as Ian pointed out earlier, there's a lot of historical uh, research done on this that suggests that there was a certain amount of racial animus that motivated marijuana appearing on Schedule One in the in the original kind of version of this, uh, and it goes back all the way to like you know reefer madness type stuff. Um, and uh, yes, so I, I do I do look at this and say yes, okay, so it's a naked political play. That's fine. I, that's what politicians do. They do political plays. Okay. Um, putting it for a, another study that doesn't exist and kicking it out to whatever time frame uh, seems a bit unwarranted. I do believe that had he wanted to, the Biden administration could have moved the schedule itself. And, and reasonable minds can differ there. there. There are arguments that you have to go through the, the, the AG or the FDA or both. Um, but I think that he could have pressed it if he wanted to. I don't think he wants to, which is OK. He's the president of the United States. Um, but I, I think that's the story here is <laughs> CNN is, is kind of making that rhetorically. It's what we do here in headlines. As we look at that, it's like, they're kind of making it clear that it's a little bit ridiculous, the current setup in the United States. Um, and, uh, that's, that's kind of where they leave it. I just wanted to point it out because I think it is a big story. It's a very unusual thing to see mass pardons, um, coming from the, the presidential office. It's, it is legal. Um, there's, there's nothing that says the president can't do this. The president has very broad authority to pardon for basically anything except impeachment. Um, and so I, I think that's, uh, I think that's a useful, and I think he described it as, as primarily useful, which is for the most part, we're talking about very small offenses. They're out in the real world. And then they have to put these things on like their, um, uh, you know, their job applications and things and that pardon, they don't exist anymore, uh, for purposes of those kinds of things. And that's, that's why that's why he did it. So that I thought yeah. was interesting. And that's even before we start talking about Supreme Court cameras and ridiculous headlines. Uh, but I did want to welcome Jennifer Foley as a member. And yeah, what do you got, Ian? Reasonable minds can differ, but where would you find one in politics? <laughs> I, there, there's got to be reasonable politicians, right? I will tell you, it is very funny, right? Because every time I've talked to politicians here in Michigan, and it's been not a not a few times one of the things i would say about that experience if you haven't done it yourselves people in chat is that um good politicians and i talked to some good ones are very difficult to read they they, they are slippery in person because they are very good at figuring out what it is that they want to project out to you for what they think you want to hear or read um and it's an unusual it, it's an unusual feeling to be sitting across the the table at a Coney Island, that's diner type place here in Michigan, uh, and and listening to them and being like, I, who generally consider myself to be a good reader of people and judging clients and things like that, I, too much noise to signal here. I can't, I can't grapple with it. It's like, oh, well, that's why you're successful, isn't it? In my head. I don't, I'm not, I'm not accusing you of being slippery to your face uh, on these things, but it is it is a wild feeling. And at least for me, created a certain sense of discomfort. It's like, Oh my goodness, chameleons. <laughs> I've, I've met a lot of politicians and most of them, I come away feeling like 
you are one of the worst people I'm going to meet this month. And, you know, just that whole thing of like mere trying to feed you back your own opinions. Yep. That's um, what I'm saying. Do. Yeah. And trying to like, well, I, I don't want to get pinned down. It's like, I just asked you if we should be kicking kittens and you don't want to get pinned down to an anti kicking kittens position. This is it's true. Like, well, you know, our party might take a different view of that. It's like, okay, but you don't have a personal ethical stance on this. Well, <laughs> no, they, like, so that's, I mean, I exaggerate, but that's what it feels like. At well, times. People, people joke with me, right? They, they, they joke with me with like stuff like this. And it's very nice of you uh, to think that I would make a good political leader, uh, but I, it makes me feel so um, I, the, I feel like I would be okay on policy. I'd be okay on talking to folks. I'd be okay on like that the process of working with parties of getting elected of doing that kind of it, it it's not slimy in that it's like specifically evil or wrong it's just that like it's clear having talked to multiple ones of them at, at a relatively low level you know like michigan legislature level um it's that survivability is based on some of that chameleonism like that's who they are and like uh, i <laughs> that's, that's an official legal opinion I've had people try to suggest that I should run for, you know, a political office. And I'm just like, that would be hell because then I'd be spending my entire day, every day talking to politicians. And I just feel like I'd be wanting to sit there with like a spray bottle in one hand and a rolled up newspaper in the other. <laughs> and just, they'd come and be like, so, and doing their sort of schmoozy politician thing and be spit, 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 smack. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah. It, 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 it really is the case. Uh, and, and I don't, I don't want to hold against, I mean, I, the people that I talk to, I think we're general, like, like goodish people, but like the, the nature of being a politician is just, um, it's something else. Um, I sometimes reach out for to politicians to discuss things and the number of times I've got an initial, like, Oh, we're not going to, you know, oh, well, we don't have any time to meet with you. And then they find out that I've got a fairly substantial YouTube channel. And then they're like, oh, let's schedule something. And I'm like, <sighs> yeah, you do hate that, don't you? Oh, I might be useful to you. Ah, my value, my value proposition has changed. Yeah. And that just, I'm like, you know, I don't endorse candidates, right? <laughs> I never have. And I don't plan to start. And uh, yeah, I've, I've had some requests and I've had to sort of be like, I, I don't though. It's like, nope. No, nope, nope. Uh, Nick says trends in Sweden is five to eight years after the U S. So here the government wants to increase penalties for marijuana, even for their, even for personal use. Wow. I, I actually didn't know that there were um, Western jurisdictions that were at that kind of level with cannabis right now. So that's interesting, Nick. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so interesting stuff, Sweden. Interesting. I like, I like how you describe it as, as being related to the U S. Uh, but, uh, but a few years later, uh, that does actually kind of happen that the U S tends to be sort of a, a trend leader and stuff like that. Um, similar stuff is sort of noted as happening in Canada. Mm, okay. Truffle says all hogs are welcome to Australia. Would be happy to guide and steer you a clear of drop bears. I don't know what a drop bear is. Doesn't sound as cute as a koala bear. I am told though that the cuteness of koala bears belies a viciousness of koala bears. So that's 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 interesting. Yeah, 
Don't they all have? I forget which STD it is, but it's like rampant among koala bears. I'm not gonna go kiss the koala bears, Ian. <laughs> Still, it's like you know, people are like, I want to pet a koala bear. It's like you don't know where that's been. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I won't hug the koala bears either. I just like. I think Australia has some of the coolest wildlife. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's uh, because everything is venomous there. Uh, Karate Cap Mom, sorry for the political spin, but Biden had huge FDA sway with the vaccine. Why can't he sway them to deschedule MJ? I think both parties would support that. I, because he's I, I, okay, here's the deal. I, I think CNN is running a little bit of cover for him, and I think that's okay. I think Biden is not comfortable with any of this. I think his staff told him this was a good idea. I think he was willing to go with the pardon, and he really legitimately isn't willing to go with the rescheduling, so he puts it off on an office that he knows will take as long as he wants them to take on this kind of stuff. That's politics, folks. Um, you know, that, that's optics. You can feel one way or the other about that. I'm not going to tell you how to feel about that particular policy. I think Biden personally is uncomfortable with it. And if you look at his history um, and, and CNN points it out, he was the drafter of crime bills. You can go find speeches on him being very animated about, you know, the drug war. Uh, and things like that. So I, I don't, I'm not sure the leopard changes its spots entirely on that. Um, and I, to some extent, you know, I, I actually have been in favor of politicians, not just changing with the wind at midterms and things like that. Uh, even if I might have a, a differing feeling on what the appropriate policy would be on a question like this. But um, this one is not so much changing with the winds at midterms, or it shouldn't be. It should be more about like, hey, uh, let's realize that society has moved on a little bit. And um, the other thing is, I mean, look at the Canadian example. We legalized marijuana and it really hasn't caused you're, any problems. You're not, you, you haven't descended into anarchy up there? I don't, I don't know. We haven't descended into anarchy. Okay. You know, cats and dogs aren't living together. You know, it's, things are, Things are, you know, pretty much as they always were, except uh, maybe we're having a little bit less organized crime. Maybe we're having a little bit less uh, police abuses because it's now harder for the cops to BS a reason out cannabis. Well, I mean, I was talking uh, with uh, Detective Seeds, who I see in the chat, and uh, uh, Nat uh, about this. What you see so often is that they'd pull over a car of somebody they think is sketchy and they'd go, oh, I smell marijuana. So we searched the car and we found no marijuana, but we found a gun. And it's like, OK, but you didn't actually smell marijuana in this car. Like there is no possibility of that. But, you know, they just you can't prove that the cop didn't smell something. How yeah, no, not. I agree with you. That's that's one of their entry points into very suspicious kind of uh, interactions with people. And it would be good, however you might feel about cannabis, to potentially remove that tool from their tool belt. I, I agree with that. So I I would like to see that a little uh, a little more because it protects, you know, even if you don't like cannabis, it protects you if they can't fake a reason to search your car. So no, I get that. I get that, Ian. Uh, Crazy Cat Queen says, isn't it interesting that alcohol isn't a scheduled substance? I've seen more lives destroyed by alcohol than marijuana. I get that entirely, too. The United States, of course, historically gave that a run. 
um, <laughs> and uh, has uh, still feeling <laughs> they did. They gave it a run. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, they're not putting alcohol on any schedules um, that uh, that uh, the United States is chastened by its uh, lack of ability to enforce that one. Um, and it's not like the United States has a great track record of enforcing any of its prohibitions, the Controlled Substances Act or otherwise. Uh, but it's not it's not going to mess with alcohol. But I, I hear you on alcohol potentially being more dangerous than marijuana. I, I get it. I get it. I think that's pretty much unquestioned. Uh, um, I, I would get. I wouldn't question it. People who get drunk might, you know, go and assault their spouse or something like that. People who smoke weed probably are going to assault the Doritos. And I, I can't, you know, I, I, I can't disagree with these uh, kind of uh, uh, stereotypes uh, in having having observed uh, in my life. Uh, but, you know, we can't count on the government to observe those kinds of things. Uh, Britt Cormier, YouTube thinks they are good grifters. YouTubers think they are good grifters. Politicians are masters. <laughs> I'm a bad grifter. I am really, we really are in, bad. You know what? In fact, Ian is sitting here with us for more than an hour already. Speaking of grifting, Ian, you have two YouTube channels, right? Runkle of the Bailey, Roll of Law. Folks, if yep. you like hearing from our Canadian friend about all sorts of things... Uh, go check out those channels. Like and subscribe over there. And, you know, help him grift. He feels like he can't grift enough. Go send a super thanks up for him. Let's grift for Ian a little bit. Whatever Runkletarianism might mean to you. I think it's all politics and all policies. Runkletarianism is what you want it to be. So go, go get him some grift money so that he can go and tell his friends on Twitter. That's what Ian loves to do. We know that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, politicians very good. Right after this, um, yeah, we did get Crazy Cat Queen gifting 10 memberships to folks. Thank you, Crazy Cat Queen. That is awesome. I love it. What a what a fun thing to do on uh, Casual Fridays. Uh, so folks that got those memberships, enjoy emojis. We got dragons. We got fire. I actually have some to add that co-counsel has gotten to me that I am late on. So I apologize for that. Uh, but that is a really, really cool thing to do. Crazy Cat Queen following that up. With good politician equals good manipulator liar. See, I'm trying to avoid framing it that way, uh, but they are chameleons. Um, and, and you feel it. If you have any notion of being able to read somebody, you feel it when you're sitting in front of a good one. Uh, and chameleons but, are the weaseliest animal short of the weasel. So... <laughs> <laughs> Detective Seeds, uh, with police background, I'm a big supporter of legalization of marijuana. Putting people in jail for this offense makes no sense to me when manpower should be spent on far more serious issues. Like every institution, it has limited resources, policing or otherwise, and creating additional interactions with people on things that, for the most part, the body politic seems to have decided is not a big worry, uh, should really be reconsidered at the political level. And I think that's why you're seeing it at the state's. I, you know, I, I think a, you know, a president uh, that ha hasn't kind of had that history with crime bills and things is is likely to move it off schedule one at some point in the near future. I don't think Biden will be that president. Um, so we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I mean, when he chose Kamala Harris as the, uh, you know, as a second, it was like, right, there's not going to be any sort of criminal law reform. 
Uh, well, and she has a history as a DA. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we do have a lot of folks that are international. And maybe you, you know everything about our, our vice president. But she has a history of a DA in California. And she's been questioned about, um, you know, the jail time for things like drug possession and, and whether she smoked and things like that. Um, and so I hear you. And I, I, I agree that when you have that kind of law enforcement type administration, it's it's unlikely to see this kind of this kind of change, which would be pretty massive at the federal level to remove it from schedule one. I think it will happen. I think it will happen in the relatively near term. Uh, but the, the winds have to align both in terms of person and administration and whatever they're seeing in their polling. Right. That's the nature of politics. Sorry, guys. I, I would love to they be should, more naive. They should move it down to whatever schedule carrots are in. <laughs> In this episode, you learned Ian has some issues with carrots. Uh, Travel Hound says koalas are mostly stoned on eucalyptus and riddled with chlamydia. That must be what you were thinking of, Ian. Ian, yep. for every deadly animal we have, we have an equally opposite cute marsupial. Yes, but the cute marsupials seem to have chlamydia, so... <laughs> Ningal1994 says, not everything is venomous. Happy to be a guide. These are people that love their wildlife, Ian. I'm going down to Australia at some point. We're going to make it happen. I feel There's like I can go, waterfalls. Like, dingoes aren't venomous, but they're also still, you know, they do still eat babies. So crazy cat queen. You don't need to frame it, Rick. We'll frame it for you. Hug big brain. <laughs> uh, this is a bit of fun conversation. I really didn't expect all of this from that first article. So that's awesome. Uh, we've got, uh, wombats with cube poop. Apparently I, Australia is yeah. a magical place. It's like a fantasy world. Um, it's good stuff. Uh, let's see. There's, there's other people with their own commentaries on Kamala Harris, which I will, I will leave to the chat. Um, and, uh, let's talk about Supreme court a little bit. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, CNN politics, uh, does what I would describe as like, I don't, no, uh, flippant, slightly sarcastic articles that I think go in their newsletters. Um, and so that's what the, this is. And so it's it's labeled as analysis. We're still going to review it kind of like a headlines thing because, well, it's, it's on CNN politics. Uh, but various of these outlets that we have seen in this space kind of go with this other format that allows them to be more, I don't know, social media friendly, uh, Twittery, <laughs> however you might want to describe that. Uh, and that's this. So it's hear ye, no see ye. That's not, that's just, no, doesn't, didn't work. I love puns. CNN didn't work. <clears throat> Why the Supreme Court is so afraid of cameras. <clears throat> I if, kind of um, like that one. It seems a little weird, but it is kind of, I see somebody saying that headline hurts my English major's soul. I'm like, yep, absolutely. <clears throat> no see ye. What are you doing? <laughs> If The Onion can make fun of Supreme Court briefs in an effort to get justices to hear the case of an Ohio man jailed for parody, then please forgive a TV news employee writing again about the lack of cameras in federal courts. Okay. I I see like you you went for the SEO and the reference here at the top. That It's a little too casual. It, it's well it, it is definitely this is going to be casual. Uh but like this is a tortured kind of okay, you want to talk about cameras, let's do it. Now, the folks that are going to accuse CNN of having their own opinions on this We'll see exactly why this person thinks it's really important to get cameras in the courtroom. One, the open use of cameras in state courts is transmitting the comeuppance of conspiracy theorist Alex Jones. Two, the January 6th committee hearings have shown the power of televised testimony. 
And three, the Supreme Court, given its lurch to the right on abortion rights and other issues, feels particularly disconnected from the people for whom it makes decisions that affect everyone, but isn't accountable to anyone. Honestly, if you're paying attention, the Supreme Court has always felt that way. Uh, but these are interesting choices, especially since they ignore the biggest, most obvious choice, which is the most publicized, televised trial in human history <laughs> happened this year. Uh, Ian, we, we talked about that a little bit, didn't we? We covered that one, I think. Um, yeah, I, I think we may have mentioned it like just maybe once. I thought that was coming when I first read this article. I was like, surely Depp v. Heard has to be a bullet here because you did see that people were very interested in that process. And you can imagine a world in which people would be very interested in Supreme Court processes when they do affect everybody that way. But no, <clears throat> we in, in CNN politics land, we went with really the most political way to describe this particular situation. Okay, you're a CNN politics writer. We'll grab it. First, why are there no cameras in the court? The court sets rules for its procedures, and since 1946, it has expressly forbidden cameras of any kind in federal chambers, with a few exceptions, like the Ninth Circuit, which does sometimes allow cameras inside. Justices are conveniently evolving on this issue, says CNN, who will point out that Senator Arlen Specter really very much wanted cameras, uh, and that the nominees for Supreme Court all basically said, I don't have an opinion on that. I don't have a set view on that, says John Roberts. It would be presumptuous for me to talk about it right now, said Ju Justice Samuel Alito. It would be a good thing from many perspectives, said Justice Elena Kagan. All three justices have moved from openness during confirmation hearings. So openness, they just didn't have an opinion, <clears throat> to opposition once they're on the bench. So one of the things this article is going to do is essentially call out these various arguments from, in particular, Justice John Roberts, um, but essentially leaning in towards uh, justices not saying what they mean at their confirmation hearings, which um, they don't. I, I, I don't yeah. know that I, I don't know that I'm like breaking any new ground for any of you here in the chat, but. It used well, to be the case that justices that were up for Senate confirmation would answer questions substantively. Uh, and the last one of these we saw was a justice, well, a judge that was nominated called Robert Bork. Um, and he said some stuff and he got denied based on the stuff that he said, uh, which ushered in uh, a new era of getting justices through Senate confirmations where they essentially say, I can't commit to anything ever um, and really don't say anything to the senators that ask the questions. Now, it's I, funny. Yeah. Uh, one of the justices, people were like, oh, they should be charged for perjury because they lied. Yeah. They said they respected precedent. And I'm like, <clears throat> if you can read between the lines, this is a very carefully selected answer based on I am under oath and I will give you an answer that means absolutely nothing, but that I'm pretending means something and that we're all going to pretend is an actual answer here. So, yes, I think that's true. I, and, and and they're definitely not committing perjury. We could talk about I talked about this. I actually had a video as part of Dobbs uh, because people were asking me if they committed perjury. And I and I, you can go check out that video here on uh, the, the channel on virtual legality uh, if you're interested. But the reason they're not committing perjury is basically all those answers are exactly as Ian said, which is I will respect precedent. Um, and the Dobbs decision um, has a whole section on overturning precedent and stare decisis that you don't need if you're not respecting precedent. Sorry to see this isn't a command. Uh, it is essentially a, a push, a lean-to towards not overturning things. 
Um, and whether or not you agree with Justice Alito, and I go over everything in that uh, agreement on that side or with the majority, they take the time to say why they are overturning precedent. Um, and so uh, that makes everything that they said about respecting precedent effectively true. Respecting doesn't in that case, in a legal sense or under oath, mean that it has to, everything that is a precedent has to survive. That would be a dereliction of the duties of the justices. We They overturn things all the time. Um, but it does mean that they're going to have to deal with it. They're going to have to answer the questions to why now. Uh, and again, that's not saying you have to agree with them. Uh, but they definitely didn't commit perjury, as Ian said, because they're carefully chosen answers that talk about things like I can't speak to substance. But of course, there's a certain presidential effect that the Supreme Court has honored for a long time. And I believe in looking at stare decisis, but that doesn't mean it's a commandment. Right. Um, and so I get people getting upset about it. In fact, CNN does exactly that. Right. Given the overturning of Roe v. Wade with help from justices that previously recognized as president, these and other post-confirmation evolutions should come as no surprise. This is a disingenuous way of looking at it. Yes, all of cases are precedents, but that doesn't mean that they survive a stare decisis review. Um, and various parties of various political stripes either deliberately or unintentionally get that confused a lot um, in order to make a case like this. Uh, so I get it. You want to say, I don't have a set view on that. It's somehow changed by, I do have a set view on that. I don't actually think it is. I'm a big critic of Justice John Roberts and some of what he says here is BS and we'll see that too. Uh, but like, this is a flip. No, it's not. It would be presumptuous for me to talk about cameras in the Supreme Court because, you know, I'm not a Supreme Court justice and I don't really understand how it operates yet. So I'm not, I don't answer that question. You know, it's like, I don't have an opinion on it. I'm not a justice. Make me a justice. We'll see what I think. And then all the other justices get him into a dark room and say, no cameras. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's hit some super chats here as we go into the questions here. Because like I said, CNN presents this as a question and answer format. I want to make sure I don't miss any. Always fun to try to make sure we're good there. I did see my dad pop back in. That Sarah says, four years, I've had a Supreme Court bench of five different RBG mugs last year, EDB joined with questions. Now LND and Hogue mugs soon to be sworn in. Awesome. That's a lot of mugs. I like it. Did you go with headlines? Did you go with virtually? I don't know. That's awesome. That Sarah Papa Hogue says Deputy heard was great TV examination of witnesses by adversaries is fascinating. Unfortunately, not present in the appellate court. I don't know. Sometimes it feels like they're adversaries when they're in questioning from the justices. Have you ever heard some of these? <laughs> <laughs> the funny part is, right? It's spicy. Well, the funny part is, is the transparency at the arguments level. Almost everybody that has ever looked at the history of the Supreme Court or how they decide things doesn't think that the arguments level matters all that much. There isn't a lot of swinging happening at the arguments level. It really is performative by its nature. Um, and so I think it's just useful for people to get a handle on what, what the case structure is. Maybe you'd have to spend a few more minutes kind of giving an intro uh, because the Supreme Court just kind of vaults in to everybody's been briefed what's going on. Uh, but other than that, I think it would be useful. Papa Hogue and I clearly disagree on this. Uh, Jenny Berry Bean, Thailand has just allowed Super Chat. So I've decided to use my first one right here. Are you kidding? The first one? That is awesome. Good evening from Bangkok, guys. Wave. Thank you, Jenny Berry Bean. Oh, you got away from me into. Uh, I, I appreciate it. That is, that is really, really cool. Uh, opinions on the platypus. Uh, well, Agent P, of course, 
from Phineas and Ferb is a Hogue House family favorite. Uh, now, that is a little bit distinct from Perry the platypus because Perry doesn't have a hat. Um, so I don't know how often your platypuses are wearing hats, but that is going to be determinative as to how I feel about that given platypus. I hope that was I'm, answered. I'm cautiously pro-platypus. Mm. You see that? You, you see that kind of caution from the Runkletarian platform. He doesn't <laughs> just jump in. He gives that consideration that you're looking for, especially on things like platypuses, platypi. Don't know. <laughs> All right, let's look at some of these questions. Okay, the justices don't see it as inevitable, or quotes, I'm sorry, not questions. Uh, Robert says, no, I don't think the time has come, and just phrasing the question, the time has come, suggests there's some sort of inevitability to the direction. I like the resentfulness here from Justice Roberts. He does not sound very open to the idea. So you get the little parentheticals from the CNN guy. They think they've done quite a bit of transparency already, Roberts. We have taken a lot of steps to make the court more accessible. You get the audio recordings. It used to take, they weren't available for a long time. Now they're available fairly quickly afterwards. The transcripts are available immediately. This is true. The pandemic led to even more change. Audio is now streamed live, but some transparency is not full transparency. That's right, Mr. Politician CNN voice. Um, <laughs> but certainly getting the, getting the live streams of the audio is better than it used to be. I think we can grant them that. They wonder what good cameras have brought to democratic institutions. Say what you will about Justice Roberts. Uh, that is a very kind of small C conservative sentiment. As Robert says here in this quote, but you know, the television changes a lot. And I ask people which public institution has been improved by being televised. Some Policing. of the senators, which? Policing. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I have nothing to add. That's a good one, Ian. <laughs> Some of the senators mentioned to me early on in my tenure that they thought televising proceedings in the Senate had a deleterious effect, said they used to actually do things on the Senate floor, and now they don't. Your mileage may vary as to whether that's good. I mean, you all can go, and it's nice to be able to see one senator standing up and speaking, but it's usually to an empty chamber. And again, I don't know what institution has been improved by being televised. I know a lot that have been harmed by it, and my judgment is that it has the potential of hurting the court. Uh, CNN says, it's not clear what senators told Roberts in private early in his career. He doesn't mention Specter, who died in 2012, advocating very loudly for cameras in the court over the course of years. That senators have had to retreat behind closed doors to have private conversations does not seem like a compelling reason. There are also genuine moments that Americans should witness, like John McCain's no vote on repealing Obamacare, Chris Murphy's gun speech after the Texas school shooting, Mitt Romney's impeachment speech, John Boner's Obamacare speech to say nothing of the many moments of accountability at congressional hearings, at least make an argument about whether cameras have improved access to the place they have. <clears throat> Again, it's, it's a very specific bent from CNN on the choices that they've made to say that are important. Uh, but there is no question that you would have greater access to seeing how the Supreme Court conducts itself if you had cameras in that courtroom. Uh, now, I also think Roberts at least makes a good point that certainly I comment on extensively whenever I'm watching hearings, and that is they tend to be co-opted, if not completely dominated by grandstanding from politicians, um, that they seem to be built as speech platforms more than adjudicative procedures. And that's I think that predates cameras, though. <clears throat> well, I mean, that's that's a fair amount, but on the margins... Would you say that cameras increase the possibility of grandstanding? I mean, possibly, but when you look into what things look like pre-cameras, there was a lot of grandstanding. Mm -hmm. 
So I don't know if that's uh I don't think it's compelling. I don't think he wins on this argument. I do think there will be more grandstanding. I do think certain justices will grandstand. I do think certain um, uh, lawyers will grandstand. Um, and so I think that on the margins, there is probably a, a loss of efficiency a little bit in the process. Um, and I think Roberts can argue that. I just don't think it beats transparency. Who needs cameras when people can just come watch in person? Ah, yes, this is very available to everyone. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to roll in and watch some of those. Robert, uh, just the number of spectators we have in the courtroom, you worry about counsel kind of playing to the audience. And I have to be honest, worry about the justices doing that, and you don't want that. <laughs> CNN, counter-argument, who cares about showboating? These people are lawyers. Americans should be able to see the judges making momentous decisions for them. See, CNN is just repeating itself. I think you do have to acknowledge this. I think the right counter argument is that, okay, if there are already people there and you already think there's grandstanding, I don't know if a red light in the corner changes that for you, Justice Roberts. How about things are working, right? And in general, we're a very cautious institution. I think our process for hearing and adjudicating cases is working very well. And I think changing something as dramatically as televising the proceedings, I think would be harmful. And I do worry. Since Roberts made these comments, confidence in the court has dropped quite a bit. Many people don't think the process is working very well. Many people have issues with the outcomes. Process is probably different from that. I would say, though, I would be interested to know when Roberts made this quote, because I do wonder if the leak would change his opinion as whether the court is working well as an institution. Hmm. Uh, I don't anticipate ever getting an answer to that leak, by the way, which is its own kind of problem for the Supreme Court. I blame Roberts. I'm always willing to blame Roberts. In fact, as we go through this article, I would say announcing my tilt and bias is I'm trying to give Roberts the benefit of the doubt. In general, I find his uh, adjudication and chief justice control of the Supreme Court uh, to be a, a rather poor one um, for people that don't otherwise follow me on this channel. I, uh, I'm not a big Roberts fan. Uh, I, I, I would take... I would take uh, justices from either side of the ideological spectrum as chief justice over Justice Roberts. I, I will say that. Uh, these are complex cases, or these care complex cases. Who needs an editor? Uh, people at home can't keep up with the boom, boom, boom. Okay. What I mean, do there? <laughs> what? What? Uh, I'm sorry, Justice. What is the boom, boom, boom? Is this in chambers? I, I need more information. <laughs> I mean, I've been to your arguments. Uh, if you've been to our arguments, as I was saying, it's really a boom, boom, boom type of affair. And I don't want to have to think, okay, how would that sound to the however many people watching at home? These are things you shouldn't be thinking anyway, Justice Roberts. Are they going to understand the dynamic of what it's like? And um, particularly if you got sound bites plucked out and you don't realize, you know, he wasn't saying this, that was a hypothetical. So again, here's Justice Roberts. Here's one of the reasons I don't like him. He views the Supreme Court specifically as a political institution. Uh, and so this answer is a very John Roberts answer, which is like, but well, how will I sound? Sometimes we put hypotheticals up there and they won't, and the, the proles won't understand it. It's like, oh, okay. Hi King. We got it. <laughs> but here's the thing. If it's on YouTube, I can go and check that and like jump to that and check their work. Whereas if it's not available, then, you know, all we have is the reports of the reporters who can do exactly the same thing. So. Right. And well, I mean, the audio is better, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? You say, okay, people won't understand it. I mean, I, you know, 
I hate to cover for what is now half my job, but people can be helped to understand it. Um, and I think that's a useful part of the process and being a civic-minded citizen uh, in any jurisdiction. This isn't limited to the United States, Justice Roberts, but this is one of those where you can just get the hint of the arrogance coming up, right? Okay. So CNN says maybe people can't keep up. Maybe you're underestimating them. And there will certainly be sound bites. There are already audio sound bites and reporters who splice up your comments like I'm doing right now for this article. Uh, but there would also be a full video that anyone can watch and, and a judge for themselves. And more information is better, generally speaking. Um, did see some super chats come in on this topic. Let's see what they have to say. Jennifer, grandstanding already happens, but I believe more transparency is needed. Also, most can't get to the Supreme Court, no doubt there. And you can't always tell inflections or facial expressions from audio only. We don't have juries just evaluate audio, do we? Um, and there's a reason for that. So I well, think that's and then, exactly right. At least here in Canada, I suspect they're like part of the reason why appellate courts are less keen to like reevaluate the evidence is that they can't see the witnesses, right? So that the the jury or the judge is the only person who actually got to see the witnesses testify. And so the appellate courts are less likely to reevaluate that because so it's baked into our court assumptions that video is better. It's seeing things. Yeah, it is. Like that's just baked in there. But um, I should probably slip away at this point. Of I did promise uh, legal vices that I would say hi. He's uh, He hit 25,000. Oh, congratulations, and, Tim. And then I also need to sleep. But um, Please do, Ian. It was wonderful having you here. Folks, go check out Runkle of the Bailey for all that Runkletarianism and charm. Uh, and role of law for all of your Dungeons and Dragons needs. And we will be seeing Ian again tomorrow morning for Lawyers and Dragons. Thank you so much for dropping by, man. I appreciate oh. it. I hope you feel better. I hope you get some rest. Thank you for having me. I'm kind of reluctantly having to slip away, but uh, I probably should get some sleep today just so that I'm not. Uh, otherwise, tomorrow will be extra spicy, and that's maybe not a good thing. I don't know. You got some Lawyers and Dragons fans here. They'll be like, I wonder what Gimlet does on no sleep for two days. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bad idea but it is uh, a bad idea it is get out of here ian i really appreciate it go have some fun and, and get some uh, relaxing in really do and i'll see you tomorrow see you tomorrow that's sarah i'm a big critic of justice robert john roberts this is me talking and some of what he says here is p.s didn't know i could be an even bigger fan uh, of hoglaw but that did it uh clapping no hey i I, I I don't say a lot about given politicians or various people in positions. Justice uh, Roberts uh, is a very poor chief justice, and I'm very critical of him very often. <laughs> so that's one of those that I do say quite quite a bit. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so, and everybody said goodbye to Ian. That is awesome. Let's just take a look at a, some more of these. You're going to get basically the same flavor as we go along. What do you want from us? It's not as if we're doing this in secret. We're the most transparent branch in government in terms of seeing us do our work in us explaining what we're doing. But I do think there's a potential for it to alter the argument process. I don't want to have to think about, well, what's that going to sound like? Basically the same answer here. Your mileage may vary as to whether the Supreme Court is the most transparent branch in government. Um, the legislature does their fighting uh, on the floor uh, of their various congressional houses. I do think we have issues with the legislative side, you know, approving bills that they might not have read uh, and omnibus things that no human being could have possibly read. Um, and so there's a little lack of transparency there. But for the most part, um, you know, you get these arguments for an hour. And that's all you get for the Supreme Court. And then out pops 150 pages. Yes, of reasoning, but of a secret process in which votes are moved around and concurrences are filed and things like that. 
for stuff that is uh, essentially uh, where the buck stops on what can be done with laws and things. So the Supreme Court, to me, as unelected, uh, as operating in such an important role, uh, should be as transparent as possible. Um, And if you're looking for that institutional love, which is what Roberts has looked for his entire career and has basically destroyed it in the process. It's very Greek tragedy, uh, like uh, if you actually look at his history with the Supreme Court, um, should be looking at more transparency because you do have to start to justify exactly what you're doing. Um, And I think it's a good thing. The fact that you're worried about it actually makes me much more concerned (laughs) about what it is that you're doing back there. Seriously, the showboating would be a problem. I've said this before and it's kind of facetious, but only kind of, you know, you're the ABC automotive company and you're in a Title VII suit for discrimination and, you know, employment. Their lawyer, if it's going to be viewed by however many millions of people, is going to get up and start some speech about how the ABC company would never discriminate against anybody. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they have this great record. And meanwhile, there's this very little technical legal issue that they're probably figuring, well, you know, the court will get it right and I need. It's more important for me to communicate in some kind of PR way. And, you know, besides our new sports coupe gets 28 miles per gallon. I don't know what it is they're going to do with it. Sure, it's a risk, says CNN, but it also seems like plugging the coop is theoretically less important during arguments than arguing the point that has them making arguments at the Supreme Court. Also, you're in control of your chambers. So you can say, stop that, counsel. Um, and judges do that kind of thing all the time. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, these are just very weak arguments against transparency to me. The courtroom is a special place. Don't ruin it. Uh, I looked at my kingdom and I was finally there. Uh, the courtroom is a very special place. It is. And maybe part of what makes it special is that you don't see it. It's very star chamber esque. Anyway, tentatively, I'm against it. Sounds very tentative. Uh, we also know from Kagan in 29 that they haven't discussed the issue as a group in the years she was on the court to that time, 2019. Sorry. We also know what the special place looks like inside activists snuck video in 2014. I'm willing to bet only the most important cases find their way onto TV screens. Anyway, the ones that people care about. Yeah, we're not we're not going to get a lot of TV play for, you know, the EPA regulation case and, and you know, arguments about statutory mandates and Chevron deference and things like that. Um, so th- those are Robert's answers. He gets the most. We get some from Alito. I recognize that most people think our arguments should be televised. Most of the members of my family think the arguments should be televised. I used to think that they should be televised. When I got to the Supreme Court, I saw things differently really does sound like they take you out and back. And it wasn't because I was indoctrinated or pressured by my colleagues. Okay. But I came to see, and I do believe that allowing the arguments to be televised would undermine their value to us as a step in the decision-making process. Lawyers would find it irresistible to try to put in a little soundbite in the hope of it being that evening on CNN or Fox or MSNBC or one of the broadcast networks. And that would detract from the value of the arguments in the decision-making process. And uh, yeah, they have no issues getting up in front of these various broadcast networks. Um, I think it is important to see how the judges actually respond to these things. Access can't hinder decision-making. I recognize times change and I don't want, I don't know what our successors will think years from now, although we want as much access as possible, but we don't want access at the expense of damaging the decision-making process. Uh, CNN uh, talks about Dobbs a little bit here. Uh, They will admit this could be a very good thing. Kagan says, I think more than just transparency for transparency's sake. The good of having cameras would be that people can see an institution at work, which I think does its work pretty well. I was consistently impressed with how the court went about its business when she was Solicitor General. It was thoughtful and it was probing and it was obvious that the justices really wanted to get things right. It's no small benefit if the American public were able to see that because faith in institutions of governance is a very important thing. And for me, the greatest positive of having cameras would be that it would allow the public to see an institution working thoughtfully and deliberately. Yes, to me, 
that is the appropriate response if you think your institution is functioning properly. The, the Roberts responses in particular sound very defensive of what people want to see. All right. And it's mm. but Kagan rolls it back. I will wholeheartedly agree with Justice Alito that the most important thing is the institution continues to function. If seeing it came at the expense of the way the institution functioned, that would be a bad bargain. I do worry that cameras might come at that expense. There's a principle of physics, I think, which is about how when you put the observer and it comes in, the observed thing changes. We're talking about freaking quantum physics now. And you come into the Congress, and if you all were given truth serum, I think some of you might agree that hearings change when the cameras are there. I have to say that they might change in court in subtle ways. I don't think all that many people would grandstand. I hope that my colleagues and I would not do that. But I think we would filter ourselves in ways that would be unfortunate. The first time you see something on the evening news, which taken out of context, suggests something that you never meant to suggest, suggests that you have an opinion on some issue that you, in fact, don't have. Look, I'm sorry, folks. You're in a lifetime tenured position with perhaps the most powerful job in the United States. If you're sometimes taken out of context, I'm willing to give that uh, to get more transparency is what you do. Kagan says, I play devil's advocate. When I come into the courtroom, I play devil's advocate. I probe both sides hard and I do challenge people in ways that might sound as though I have views on things that I, in fact, do not. Just because that's the best way of really understanding the pros and cons of a case. I worry that that kind of questioning that we all find very conducive to good decision making would be damaged if there were cameras. Again, this is about teaching people that that is a good way to find out strengths and weaknesses. As the main devil's advocate and all the Herb uh, V. Depp coverage, I understand that you can get hate mail <laughs> for the things you advocate for when people really don't like it. I get that, Justice Kagan. I was just a guy on YouTube talking about a case in Virginia. I understand that you are worried about being taken out of context and that it's a very difficult job that you have. I do not relish or want the job that you have. But when you have that power, I do think transparency is something that we should be looking at. And that's about as close to a policy prescription as I will get here. CNN politics, I think here is too glib. Uh, a lot of these responses that I skipped are very sarcastic uh, and somewhat mean-spirited. I think there are reasons to say, look, I think it might change the process a little bit. There might be folks that are grandstanding. I expect you to control your chamber, Chief Justice. Uh, but I also expect to understand better how that institution works. And if it's working properly, if you're doing a good job at the Supreme Court, I think it would be massively beneficial and end conspiracy theories and all this kind of shadowy dialogue. And the fact that you don't gives me pause about what you feel about your institution. So that's my commentary to you, Chief Justice John Roberts. Uh, but it's casual Friday, so we're going to back it up a little bit. I also got some super chats to hit. So what do you all think on this? What do you think on these answers? What do you think on CNN's coverage of it? Like I said, it was a little bit too snarky for me, so I didn't read you all of them. Uh, but uh, in any event, let's talk to some of the folks. We'll do super chats, and we'll see what everybody else has to say. Don Liner, not on topic at the moment, but I wanted to make sure I asked, Hogue, any chance you'd cover the Fifth Circuit cases, read the Texas law, uh, restrain Twitter censorship Kurt did was great. Yeah, Kurt and I briefly grappled on it yesterday on Legal Bites, if you missed that. Uh, I think the Fifth Circuit is entirely wrong um, in their interpretation of this stuff, and maybe I'll cover it. Um, but I, I wouldn't expect that decision to survive a, a Supreme Court review uh, if it came to it. Um, so we'll see. Uh, that's Sarah. Every time you diss Roberts, just take my money. <laughs> I uh, it's a very difficult job. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be nice, uh, but no, I don't. I don't think he's done a good job. I appreciate it, that Sarah. Thank you so much. Uh, that's Sarah again. Alito just doesn't want everyone to see his evil. Ouch. Not the biggest Alito fan either, but is he evil? I don't know. 
Um, I appreciate those uh, uh, super chats. I see other people saying, uh, you know, Kagan's right when she starts out saying, um, like, maybe there should be cameras if we're a functioning institution. Go Kagan. Um, what else we got here? Let's make sure no one learns anything about our work, says Kelly. It does feel that way sometimes, right? Uh, to me, actually, once you've slipped into giving the audio streaming live, like I, what is the difference between visual and audio at that point? Um, just, just go all the way. Uh, also the second and third super chats are because I counted at least three dunks on Roberts. I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big fan. <clears throat> Britt says, Kelly, that's the best job security in the world. No one knows what you do or how you do it. It does sound like that. Uh, law of improbability offers the counter to what I just said, which is when you've gone through audio, what's the difference between video? Key issues is the audio is enough to achieve that transparency goal. <clears throat> I don't know. Um, and I also don't think that you should stop pressing on transparency from my perspective. Again, we're editorializing here. It's casual Friday, right? Uh, simply because they've granted audio streaming right now because they could equal, equally take that away, especially if they think the transparency isn't a concern. Um, so I would like to keep pressing on transparency, transparency, transparency for what is uh, a process that does control a lot of what happens in the United States. Dana says in the end, they all think we're stupid. I think so. I think justices of the Supreme Court generally look down on the, uh, uh, the, 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 the people uh, of the country. And I think that's, that's potentially a problem with the institution. If we're talking about that, Chief Justice. Um, the probing is the interesting thing, learning how a judge looks at both sides to come to a fair decision. I agree. I think it could be a learning environment, right? And you're worried about, oh, how this will be perceived. I, to me, if that's so much in your head, you're not doing your job as a justice, right? Yeah, people can have their own thoughts on you. That should not matter. And I understand you're a human being, but it's a freaking high-powered job. So get over yourselves, honestly. Um, but I'm pretty animated about this. That's Sarah number four for dunk number four. On, I don't even know what I said on Justice Roberts. Thank you that, Sarah. <clears throat> the Supreme Court says Mr. Waffles should have nothing to hide. The truth is the ultimate defense against misinformation. A Supreme Justice gets misquoted. There's video evidence against it. Now, you can't add the context back, right? Um, and these are people that are invested by the body politic with this authority. And yeah, I, I think you should have that transparency. And if you need to fight about it a little bit, then you can fight about it a little bit. But context is king. Sardinisms, if people can walk in, what's the harm in cameras? If people don't understand what you say, doesn't that mean you need more transparency to educate them? Check your ego at the bench. I agree, right? What Kagan says there isn't wrong. Oh, I, I'm worried about it. But to me, that says, okay, then there's a potential weakness in people's understanding of what argument is doing at the Supreme Court. Let's do civics. Let's talk about it. I know it can sometimes feel Sisyphusian, right? I'm at however many videos we have on this channel, a thousand... And I still get some of the same questions or some of the same accusations about misunderstanding things. And I just say, okay, we'll explain it again. We will try to reach as many people as possible. We will try to inform and educate. And I'm not a Supreme Court justice of the United States. So I think it is within your purview to go and say, hmm, if people are thinking about that wrong, we should take the steps to make sure that people can think about that right. That that is, at the end of the day, access to justice, not just so that you can get access to courts in your various states, but so that you can access what the justice system does is its highest levels. That's going to control at the levels below it. That's going to potentially control how the states operate. It's really, really important, folks. 
Judy, you got this, says, I think if LawTube could teach me to view Depp v. Heard from both sides, it could teach me how to understand SCOTUS. I like to think we did a good job with Depp v. Heard. I certainly feel very proud of that process that I partook in for the many months in the spring of this year. Uh, and I, I feel good about it. I feel proud of that. I think the Supreme Court could feel good and proud about helping people understand what the process is if, if, they, if they focused on it, if they looked to do that. Um, I mean, they're all Harvard, Yale, Columbia, whatever graduates. What do you expect from Ivy Leaguers? Half joking. We have one Notre Dame in there. <laughs> uh, Amy Coney Barrett is Notre Dame. But yes, I think everybody else is Yale. I want to say they're all Yale. I'd have to look at it again. Uh, but yes, that is that is one of the problems. I agree with that. Um, I don't think that it makes sense for one law school and whatever direction it might take uh, to have that kind of hold on the bench of the entire country. Um, and no, I don't think Yale is in particular uh, much better at putting out good lawyers than many of the other high quality law schools in the United States. Sorry, Yaleys. I'm going to stick by that stance. Um, uh, Kaylin, this court makes decisions that mess with the entire country. We have the right to see it from our own state now that we can. I, I think everybody should be able to see it. Uh, speaking of Sisyphusian, what is better for gaming, Xbox or PlayStation? And why is it PC? Lol. Crawling on the floor laughing. You're just trying to get me in trouble. You know, Ian said some stuff about politics and police, but you know what'll really get me burned here on YouTube is answering that question. <laughs> By the way, it's the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> All right, folks, that's Casual Friday for today. Almost two hours, having fun. I'm glad we got to talk about some serious stuff, but in a fun way. Thank you all so much for joining me. Again, thank you to Ian. I will put a link to his channel, his main channel, in the description of this video. As I do, I put it in the chapters. Um, but folks, I really, really appreciate it. Please do come join us tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern for the Lawyers and Dragons mid-season finale. We've got some fireworks. We've got some big stuff. And we should have additions to the store uh, at the same time. Hit the like. I see that. Do all the YouTube button pressing that you are so inclined to do here uh, with us at nine in the morning in the Eastern time zone. And I will see you tomorrow. I'll see you over the weekend. Have a great one, folks. Uh, and I will definitely see you back here in Hangouts and Headlines, God willing, allergies willing, on Monday of next week. See you later, everybody.